The Good Stuff Smiles for Miles with Bethany. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the Good Stuff Smiles for Miles podcast. And guys, today I am so excited for this episode because we are switching it up today. We usually talk about faith and running, but I decided to do other sports, so we're going to talk about faith and football. So please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Jonathan Thompson and Truman Paulson. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> guys, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. It means a lot. Okay, well, as you guys have heard, I like to start my guests off with a question. So, in your guys' opinion, which NFL football team is the best? The Denver Broncos. Why? Well, I don't know. I, I They're my favorite team. They're definitely not the best, but it, it's a rebuilding year. We'll, we'll come on strong one of these years pretty soon. Yeah, I'm going to say I definitely know that my favorite team is not the best, but I have to stand behind and say the Oakland Ra- not the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. Woo, Sin City, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they're terrible. Um, we have a bunch of good players, and we still somehow suck. Just but, suck. Yeah. Oh, well, I have to disagree with both of you. I'm a Chiefs fan. Well, and yeah. all respect lost. Let's end this podcast. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I want to start this podcast. <laughs> On <off>. that note. <laughs> um, I want to start this podcast asking you guys about your experience with FCA Leadership Camp, because on this podcast, we've talked about FCA Distance Running Camp. <laughs> we've talked about... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, FCA leadership camp. Actually, yeah, I really liked that. It was good. I had an interesting experience where um, my group leader actually wasn't saved, um, and he thought one he, of your group yeah one of them one of them kind of like our head group leader. He thought he was saved going into it, and then he realized that he wasn't anywhere close, and he was just you know still living his life for himself. And so it was really cool to see like throughout the week he just was really convicted and. The, the, I mean, we were blessed as a group that he was just so open about it, and he was just really, like, I don't know. He shared a lot of what he was feeling with us, and so us and his group could kind of, I mean, ask questions, and we could all grow with him through that. Um, but that was just kind of a unique experience where it won't happen every year, but it was, I mean, good to see him come to the Lord. Yeah, I, well, because I've talked with him before. And I think that's just an amazing thing with the uh, group leaders, just how they're open and how that you can tell that they really, they do care. Like no one's driving up to, I forget where it was. Kearney. No one's driving up to Kearney um, because, you know, they just want to have fun. You know, they obviously are motivated for Christ um, or by Christ and you can tell that they do have that love for Christ and just the leaders are so passionate. And in cases like that, just the fact that they're able to um, even grow themselves um, while they're helping these high school kids out. Um, I also want to add just the relationships that we built through that. I still have a group chat with my huddle and even one of the people in my huddle uh, he he um, uh, plays football uh, in our conference. 
I think he's in our district. So we got to play them this year because he goes to Arlington. So it was really nice even meeting up in our respective sports with those people and being able to chat with them, you know, have a little trash talk knowing that, you know, he he's another brother in Christ and, you know, the game finishes and even during the game, you know, we're both loving each other as brothers of Christ and that's just really nice how you can have that experience that week and even have those people like carry on in your life and be friends with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. I love the relationships that we get to build at any FCA camp. It's just fun to meet people all around Nebraska. And then it's so fun when you get to see them again, like State Cross Countries this Friday. We're all so, so excited to see each other um, and um, just catch on. So definitely go to any um, FCA camp if you can. Distance running camp is more for runners. Lame. Whoa, you are a runner. You can be a distance runner. Leadership camp is more of Cross country is torture, not a sport. It's not a sport. It's not a sport. If you're in cross country, this is your chance (laughs) to leave. If you're hearing this message, this is okay to leave. This is a cross country based podcast. I know. Cross country is cool. Cross country is okay. Definitely. Definitely. Love cross country. Yeah. (laughs) Leadership camp is. Run. (laughs) Leadership camp is more for other sports, but there's also Weekend of Champions, which I know is really fun. Um, but I want to hop into some football questions. So what does your guys' like, pregame routine look like? Like, How do you like hype yourself up for a game? Do you have like a hype song or something like that? Um, so as a team, we do um, – we do. it's called the eight prayer. And before every game, Coach Cole Dwork, he leads us in the prayer. And um, that's always – I mean, it, you kind of get into a routine with the home games. Like you hear the prayer, you put on your helmet, and then you're walking out to the field and – that we hear the song that, um, I mean, we hear the song that the cheer and dance team are dancing to, and we run through the banner. Then it's game time. It's become like over the last two years a pretty good, like, uh, I don't know, routine for us. <laughs> <laughs> but personally, uh, any song on girl, yeah, yeah, John. <laughs> I've never been a big song guy. I I don't. I'm not one of those people that put on the headphones and you know get real hyped. Yeah, that's sorry to interrupt. But that's another thing. Like it, it's interesting to see how like a bunch of different people act a bunch of different ways. Like, mm. yeah. Like I feel like Johnny and I, we don't ever really just put on our headphones, put our heads down, and like think before the game. Like we we're out like talking to each other, like encouraging, and that's nothing wrong with just staying to yourself before the game. But it's just interesting to see how everybody copes with. The preparation before a game. Yeah, and honestly, I think that ties into the pressure part of it too. Like how you prepare yourself, um, even like goes into how you will take on some of that pressure. And I think it's a really cool thing to see. Like Trim was talking about how all the different people prepare, and how there's not necessarily a right way or a wrong way, and it just depends on the person. Like me, I'm just kind of preparing on myself. Some games, because of certain situations, I'm like in the zone. It just depends on the day or the mm-hmm. game. But it's not like usually a real big change. Um, I think honestly this year I've probably had less adrenaline before games than I even did last year just because you get into like get onto the field. You're like, man, I get to play high school football. And I think just – 
having that for the first time last year was like a shock to me. And I don't know about you, Truman, but like this year I've kind of adjusted to it. And like he said, it just feels all like a rhythm. You know, you got it broken down of this meeting, coaches talk, and then you have time to put on your pads, this meeting, you do the prayer, you run out. I, I really like it. Yeah, I also think it like that's kind of where it's a challenge comes up um, with away games. And this year, as of right now, the only two games that we've lost have been um, games on the road. And those were t- more towards the beginning of the season. Um, and this last Friday, we went on the road and we played our game. But um, it's just kind of tough because every environment's different on the road. Um, so just, I don't know, that's kind of something that we talked a lot about on the Leadership Council for football at the beginning of the year is how can we make um, different road games in a lot of different um, atmospheres? Just try and find some consistency in there. Do you agree? Like, that's something we talked about, right? Yeah, finding consistency <laughs> even though we're on the road. Um, and I think that is good because it's just applicable in life. Like, you know, you're going to be in a lot of uncomfortable situations, um, like mentally. Because when we're at home, usually mentally, it's not that uncomfortable. But physically, you know, you do have to go out there and you have to go, you know, smack guys for three hours. And you're going to be physically uncomfortable and that's going to physically be a challenge. But usually it's not mentally or spiritually a challenge. Depending on, of course, the game and the dude. And there's a lot of factors. But on the road, it's just a whole different thing. And I think preparing for that as young men will definitely impact us later in life and how we can I would say like respond to those like very difficult mentally like I don't know what's the word just those situations those battles that we have mm-hmm. wow that's really good um I feel like we should win the listeners that they just had Chipotle so um yeah <laughs> yeah so if you hear anything yeah <laughs> If you hear anything, that's why. Um, but what kind of food should football players be feeling their bodies with? Chipotle. Honestly, yes, I love Chipotle. Want to hear my Want to hear my eating plan, Miss Bethany? Sure. All right. So, <laughs> I wake up every morning. It's a great way to start the day by waking up. Great day to have a great day. It's a great day to have a great day. And I have eight eggs in burrito form or any tortilla slash toast to the side with two <clears throat> glasses of whole milk. And then at 10 a.m., I have peanut butter and jelly sandwich with a banana and a protein bar or like a granola bar. And then for lunch, I have 12 ounces of chicken plus leftover pasta with a side of veggies and bread or rolls, um, just lots of carbs for the lunch. 2 p.m. snack, peanut butter and jelly with a sandwich and an apple with a granola bar. And then pre-practice, I have an orange um, and granola bar or some other type of bar, like usually protein bar there. And then post-practice, um, 8 ounces of chicken, pasta, bread, veggies, a uh, third type of grain. Can't have enough carbs there. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet of bread and pasta, and then you just eat it ton of milk, drink a ton of milk, and then uh, second dinner, more pasta and cereal, cereal is like what you fill yourself with but you can't eat anymore, and then before every uh, night before I go to bed, I have a thousand calorie protein shake, two scoops of ice cream, one and a half scoops of protein powder, one scoop of creatine, half cup of oats, two, <laughs> two spoonfuls of peanut butter, chocolate sauce, banana, and milk. Wow, that was... My gosh, don't do it. Um, that was very precise. Johnny yeah. is a jerk that long. 
I just uh, eat a lot of food. Yeah, I'm Jonathan. <laughs> I eat Uncrustables. I do just eat a lot of Uncrustables. I don't like Uncrustables. I don't, I don't have much rhyme or reason to it. I probably should. I need to gain weight. <laughs> Being a 180-pound lineman is hard. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so um, this is a question I even asked the runners, but um, are energy drinks good for you? Like, should you guys be drinking them right no. before a game? No, absolutely no. Absolutely not. Never drink them. Energy drinks are of the devil. What, yeah, what happens not really, if you do drink them? Okay, so some experience. Game. I got to play two JV games this year, and the first one I played, I had an energy drink, like, not way too far before. I had it probably 15 minutes before game time. No, no, no. 15 minutes before warm-ups, before game time. And at halftime, I go up to Stacy, the trainer, and I was like, Stacy, I am so tired. Like, I could close my not- eyes and not open them. Like, I crashed. I mean, that was because I didn't drink them. That was just my experience with them. But I crashed so hard, and I was, like, <laughs> falling asleep on the field. And I could have taken a nap right then and there at halftime. But not – I mean, if you drink them regularly, that won't be the effect on you. But I do think, like, they're just – there's some that are better for you, but just really it's not good to have that stuff. Yeah, I'd say definitely there are a couple guys who drink them regularly, and it's not a problem. Um, I think it's definitely not something you should play around with. Like, if you don't have experience with it and know how your body is reacting, and I would say even even the guys that do drink them regularly – uh, if they didn't regularly drink them and still not drink them on game day, they probably have a better result. But too, that just depends on each person. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Chipotle right there. <laughs> um, they can definitely make you guys really crazy and very energetic. We don't yeah. really get crazy or energetic. And really, wait, can we go like all science here for a second? Go for it. Okay, shoot. So the caffeine, um, will. It doesn't suck the water up in yeah, your body, no. so it like absorbs it. Yeah, so it leaves. Kind of like, hey, if we're still on my diet plan, if you want to look at the scale and feel good about yourself, eat a ton of oatmeal because oatmeal like absorbs water in your body, and so then it like, yeah, it makes you look. It makes like you actually heavier, but like temporarily. But the caffeine does the same thing too. Like it makes you more dehydrated. The caffeine just sucks it out of you. I don't actually know the real science behind that. I've just heard yeah, that it just multiple it times takes the water out of you. So then you have problems with cramping, and cramping during games is not good, especially in football games because you know even if you're out for a couple of plays, that could be a key point of the game, and players don't want to miss time. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> when you guys said you don't get crazy, you guys just don't get crazy, or do like other players who drink? How many drinks get crazy? No, it's just really Jonathan and I. We don't ever get crazy. I, we're pretty mellow we're people just, in general. You know, we're, we're chill and we don't mm-hmm. we don't really, yeah. Oh, shoot. There's steak on the keyboard. <laughs> I yeah, I just asked because I went to a JV game and I, all I know is that Noah, he had an energy drink and he was like bouncing off the walls. It was like, yeah. he was crazy. Him and some know. other freshmen. Has a different effect on everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. And I think... Most of the like varsity guys that drink it, usually it's not like they're like bouncing off the walls crazy normal, or rather than the normal adrenaline. I don't know. It doesn't have too much of that effect on people. Yeah. Okay. So, what is the point of stretching and warm ups? Like, why do you guys do them? <laughs> warm ups are stupid. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> quote Luke Penrod. Yeah, that's a track thing. That's not even football. 
I I mean, you don't want to cramp and cramping. Johnny mm-hmm. just said it. Like you don't want to cramp and get out, but blood flow. I don't really know. We're getting really science on this podcast. I we, thought this was about faith. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to strain a muscle either, mm-hmm. right? So like, yeah. if you have, and just in general, why you should be stretching outside of your sport is because if you're, I guess muscles are more mobile and more flexible then there's less of a point that in your game that it's going to reach that like point where it like can't normally make that movement and you're kind of forcing it and then that's where you get like strains and stuff i think so i'm not really sure nerd alert <laughs> okay well um okay um i want to hop into some tie in faith with football so uh first corinthians 12 12 sarah says there is one body but it has many parts so just like football you guys have a team but um you have like all the people on the team are different positions you have the quarterbacks the linemen the running back um so how do you guys like work together to like be a team and to like just yeah yeah something that coach earl actually talks a lot about is that football is like i mean he says the great i agree with him i think it's the greatest game ever invented it's the greatest sport but because it requires such a diverse like type of people and I mean, you have to be an athlete to play football, but, I mean, there's big guys, there's little guys, there's quick guys, and there's explosive guys. Like, it's just, everybody's an athlete, but everybody's kind of different. So, Mm -hmm. that's just, yeah, Earl says that a lot, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's just, like, again, very applicable in life in the fact that you have to be content with the role you have, and you can't look at certain roles as more important than others. Like, a lot of people especially talk about, um, how, oh, you know, I want to be a leader in this and that, and think that, oh, because you're a leader, that just makes you, like, more important, more valuable, um, and don't understand kind of how you should look at it, like, biblically, biblically I can't speak today, um, and just the fact that you need to be content where you are, and each individual like place and position you know in the church in football is important and has its own um role and you can't have you know a center without a qb you can't have a qb without a center you can't have uh your whole team there and then like look over and oh we got a wide receiver missing oh where's a running back you know you can't like have one of those people just not there and I think the same is, um, yeah, I mean, the same goes for your Christian walk. Like, you, it's, Christ talks about how it's important to surround yourself. Like, he did. He surrounded himself with spiritually mature people. And he, I mean, yeah, a center needs his quarterback. But, I mean, a man needs his mentor to encourage him in his walk with Christ. Like, you, you can't do this alone. You can't play a football game by yourself. But you can't walk through life alone either mm-hmm. i mean I, at the start i talked more about like physically and like how that works but i mean it's just as spiritually the same like yeah mm-hmm. okay so um i we definitely talk about this during cross country because like cross country is definitely a different sport than football where like a lot of us have known a lot of these runners on other teams for a long time um so like it's not as hard for us to do this but like 
I don't know if it's the same for football or not, but how do you guys show Christ-like love to the opposite team that you guys are competing against? Because I would like to think football is probably a little bit more intense than cross-country. Yeah, I, I do think, though, that, like you said, you talk about, you just said that you know, like, most of your opponents. Like, mm-hmm. we know a lot of people that we play with, and we think, I mean, Johnny was talking about against Auburn, like, he's been playing the same kid on the same side of the line for four years now. Like, it's mm-hmm. been the same thing, and I think a really big way that we can show Christ is just our consistency and, I mean, being who we are and, like, living what we talk about, you know? Like, if we're going to – because we have Christ, we can play as hard as we possibly can, but we're going to help him up after the play. and We're not going to talk trash, and we're not going to, you know, like – yeah, tag team, your turn. Sorry, I ran out of words. Yeah, and – I think you just, I would argue, obviously, I've never ran, that there's just so much more emotion in football. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's hard to get hit in the mouth and react in a Christ-like manner. Um, also, no one's probably, you know, like, over on the other side of the line cussing you out during a con- mm-hmm. cross-country meet. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to turn the other cheek. So there's that challenge in life, um, and of course I don't want to compare the sports, but I think they each have their different challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think definitely in terms of turning the other cheek, showing that Christ-like love is a really good challenge, really good opportunity in football to grow, and I know it's something that you can struggle with, you can thrive with, um, because it's again, applicable to life, you know, life is, okay, um, life is gonna get hard, life is gonna get rough, it's gonna, you know, um, you're gonna have moments where people are not happy with you, um, and you have to turn the other cheek, moments where, okay, is it on? <laughs> I spilled my Chipotle and I was cleaning it up, <laughs> Touch the dumb keyboard. That's I my have, bad, guys. Okay, I have no idea where I stopped. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just have a lot of life um, challenges that appear in football. Like, people are mad at you. Moments where you have an opportunity where you can be really prideful. You did something cool. You got, I mean, another aspect is there's just a lot of fans that show up at football games. You know, you can develop a sense of pride, mm-hmm. um, saying, oh, you know, I don't know the number we had at the Lutheran game. Like, oh, we got, you know, 3, game of the week. 3,252. you know. We have a bunch of people showing up, you know, coming, oh, they're probably seeing me, you know. Like, you have those moments where you can definitely give in and where you can really see that spiritual war- warfare. But I think the part of it is just learning to respond to that. Mm-hmm. And I think a big way you guys show Christ-like love is I really like how after each game you guys do that prayer with the other team. I really think that's really cool for what you guys do. Um, but We try. <laughs> yeah, I think – yeah, we try. I think that's a good way to – I mean, right after the game when emotions are high, like we can reset and say, hey, let's go to the Lord with this. Like let's talk about – Let's, I mean, share something that we can all share, and that's prayer. And we can come to the Lord and say, thank you for this opportunity. Like, thank you for 
letting us stay safe and play a game. Like, that's... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, realistically, you're not going to have every single player on the football team perfectly emulating that Christ-like love. And it's an opportunity for those students on the opposing team to realize that, you know, we we are human, too. um, That... uh, just because we're wearing, you know, Christian across our jersey means that we're going to be perfect. We're going to screw up. There's going to be those moments. But even just like, hey, this is why, this is what we're doing it for. Yeah. Like, this like is re- our why. Resetting my, what we stand by. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Showing like this is what we're truly all about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. So what signs do you guys like uh, use to like remember Jesus during games or like, how do you like remember him? Well, last year, uh, we we were gonna start a thing where we like we all touched our chest at the same time. Oh and yeah, said because it said Christian on our jersey. We were all gonna like grab our jerseys at the same time on a certain play, but uh, we didn't ever do that. Mm-hmm. But I I mean I think yeah, halftime. We always reset, and our coaches do a good job of talking about the, I mean, the true battle that we're fighting, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, it's not, it's not like oh, we talk about it at the start of the game, and then we go off the grid for a while, and then we come back after the game and talk about how we can demonstrate our faith. Like it's a constant conversation through the game with our coaches and with our teammates, and on the field even we can talk about that, which is. With yeah, yeah, and I would say a constant conversation with God too. Something uh, Coach Earl tries to emphasize a lot <laughs> is between reps, having a conversation with God, um, kind of gauging yourself and like, you know, God, I, I thank you for this opportunity. Or God, man, I kind of screwed up there. You know, I, I, I was chatting a little bit. I was chirping, um, or oh God, I don't, I don't really give a good effort that time. I, I decided to take a playoff, like. Just even, like, trying to emulate, and I don't know the reference of the verse, but pray without ceasing and get to that point where even in our football games, between reps, in reps, I mean, it's hard during a play because you can't think and you just see red, not mm-hmm. literally. You'd probably have a concussion if you're just seeing red. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you're just you're having that constant prayer and I think that's something that Coach Earl does a great job talking to us about and trying to get us to get to that point and I think it's just again a good opportunity with our football team that we have just to worship. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, you kind of touched uh, based on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Excuse um, me. But do you guys find yourself glorifying God or glorifying yourself after the games or kind of like both? I mean, that's what he just talked about. Like a constant conversation with God during games is like, wow, like, God, I really screwed up that one. Or instead of thinking, oh, God, like, I I hope that I I hope my parents saw that. I hope my coaches saw that. Like, maybe I'll be accepted by this people group if they can see me like playing out here like this. Or I hope they didn't see that because then I won't feel like that's that's the type of conversations that we're taught to have in between reps and in between plays and in between stuff like that. And so, I mean, that's 
glorifying ourselves or glorifying God, like that's a choice that you have to make between like each conversation that you're having. That's a choice that you're making. Mm -hmm. Anything to add, Johnny? (laughs) I think you really summed it up right there, Trevor. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I have some like just base questions just for you. And Truman, I'll start off with you. But um, for the listeners who don't know this, uh, you have been out for quite a few weeks with an injury. So, um, like, has God taught you through, taught you anything through this injury? Yeah, I mean, people get hurt in football. Like, that's a given, and you see it a lot. But you never, I kind of take for granted the people that stay invested in the team and the people that are, like, I don't know. Like, if I see someone get hurt and I, I just feel like, oh, dang, like, they just, like, they zoned out. Like, they just left left our brotherhood. Like, they, they're not even trying to be a part of us anymore. And that's, like, really hard to do is to stay connected with everybody because, I mean, going to practices, it just it's really just a bummer to watch everybody do the thing that you love most. And, yeah, so, I, I mean, just – Lots of conversations with God. So if nothing else, like I've probably, I mean, I think I've become more close with Christ throughout all of this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just been a bummer to watch everybody do the thing that I love most and knowing that they love it too and they're having fun. It's just, it's just a bummer. So yeah, I think t- God teaching me through this, it's, yeah. I I don't know. I'm still in the middle of it, so I, I'm not really sure if there's a big grand scheme of things that he's really trying to tell me but my heart's open so i'm i'm ready i just yeah what i know now i I just know it's it stinks it's a bummer Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah okay so johnny um you didn't really give me any ideas for your base question so um i'm just gonna talk just keep it on the line with football what's it uh, like being fat Sorry, um, that no, is not no. the question. It's hard yeah. knowing that any um, day I might die from a heart attack. You might roll your ankle and never stand up again. Um, but what is the number one thing God has taught you through football? I'm going to think about this one. Okay. For the time being. Na, 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 na. And back to our regular program. Honestly, even talking about injury too, I think the most God has taught me through football has been through him taking it away. And I think he's taught me that football itself is such a great thing he created in order to glorify him and that it is such a great gift that we can't take for granted. And part of that is like me realizing every day in practice, like who knows, this may be my last practice. This Mm -hmm. may be my last game. I've gone through last year. I missed a little over half of my season with a concussion. Um, My eighth grade year, I, you know, was on and off with a bunch of injuries I just had a bunch of problems my seventh grade year I basically missed all of the games because of a concussion so I mean like I've had football taken away from me and actually I wouldn't even say taken away from me I would say I've I don't know how to reword this 
but even that football is a gift from God. It's not something that we are like, it's like deserved for us. Like it's not something that, you know, we earn or something that, you know, it's our right to have. Um, it's a gift from God and it's an amazing gift, an amazing opportunity to glorify him. And just the fact that I need to realize that every single day, every single time I lace up, I go out on the field, if it's practice, if it's a game, if it's the middle of June, going out to the field just to, you know, go through basic stuff, you know, practice some fundamentals, whatever it is, um, I need to realize that it's a gift from God and that it is a great opportunity to worship Him. Mm-hmm. And I think I've taken that for granted sometimes. Yeah. And something that I've really... Uh, after last year told myself is that you know whenever I got the ability back to come back to this game um, that I am going to try not to take it for granted that I'm not going to be like I don't want to practice today I don't want to put in the hard work you know I just or oh I I don't know God I mean you're pretty great but I don't know this play I made that that was pretty good right like I mean you you didn't help me out there or whatever, just try to remember that it is a gift, and I think that's just something that God has put on my heart throughout the past few years. Mm-hmm. Wow, that that's really good. Um, so I want to jump into just some, like, faith-based questions, and I chose the theme of identity for you guys, because I feel like that, I just felt like that was going to be a really good topic to talk about with you guys. So um, John one twelve says, uh, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. So what does this verse mean to you? And like kind of like part two to that question, um, how does this verse relate to identity? Well, I would say honestly just that it is a just a great summary of the gospel and I think it just really sums up about how not only do we sin but our very identity without Christ our identity is that we're sinners like period in, yeah like period. in our that's essence it. like that's all we are like that's and then the word that st- sorry to interrupt, yeah. But, but the word that sticks out to me is gift. Like he gave us the right to become children of God. Like that's something that he gave to us. And I think that. I mean, so often in today's world, we think, oh, we I, I gotta do this. And even in football, like this isn't even a football question, but oh, if I do this and this, then maybe I'll be accepted. And maybe if I, like that's not what this says at all. Like he gave us the right to become. Like he gave us the right to become children of God. That's like a free gift that all we have to do is believe. All we have to do is receive him and believe in his name. Like that's, I mean, it's just so freeing. Yeah. And just, I mean, like the idea of identity too. the fact that I think a lot of people, um, a lot of believers, they're saved and they think, um, okay, so now I'm saved. I, I, I need to be live up to this perfection or whatever, and I think they kind of 
don't realize the struggle that it's going to be and think that, um, you know, I, oh no, I'm in like a, I'm, I'm struggling with this, I'm sinning right now. And then a lot of doubt creeps in about, oh, I mean, was I, was I even really saved? Was, I think we forget the fact that in Christ we have an identity change. Mm -hmm. We come from being sinners to being redeemed. And that's our identity. And that is not dependent on our actions, not dependent on what our do what we do. It's dependent on what God did. Mm. And obviously, you know, when you're saved you're going to have um that life changing event and that's that's going to change your life, you know. That's gonna change what you're doing. Um but people think oh, you know, that means I need to be, now I need to be this certain amount of good, or, oh, I'm going to lose that, and, or whatever. And they think that that gift can be lost, and they forget that it's like an identity change, and the fact that God now sees us as redeemed. You know, the, pi the price was paid for our sins. We're still going to sin, but that doesn't mean we're sinners. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about what we do that, um, I guess, encompasses our identity. Our actions don't define our identity. It's how how God defines us. Mm -hmm. I think that's just great. That's freeing. Um, just the fact that, you know, we know we're going to make mistakes, but we're striving for Christ-likeness and... We're going to have that change in heart and that continuous <laughs> sanctification. And obviously we do need to be, you know, mortifying our sins, starving it, and not continuing in our sin, put, putting off the old and putting on the new. But also the fact that, you know, no matter what we do, we're still saved. We're still heirs of the kingdom of God. I think that's just great. Mm-hmm. So, um, so like, what would you guys say identity is just like not relating to like, like a Christ-like identity, just like identity in general? For football? I mean, it can be for football or just, just like, I, mean, I think in football, it's like, oh, I had this many touchdowns. Oh, I made this many tackles. Oh, I, I, I hit this person hard. Oh, th this group of people listens to me. I'm friends with these people and I get to do this type of stuff. Like that, that type of earthly stuff. Like that's what I think if we aren't putting our identity in Christ, that's what it's easy to fall into. Yeah. I would say people, people define their identity. Um, like they make that choice. And if they make the con choice for, uh, or make the choice to let other people define that for them, mm -hmm. then they do that, or they make the choice and they say, you know, I'm going to be this type of person, blah, blah, blah. And they try to make that choice, and it's just sad a lot of times. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, true. I liked when you talk about how sometimes we find our identity and kind of like our accomplishments in what we do. Um, but, like, why do you think it's so hard for people to find their identity in Christ? Because, I mean, that's contrary to how the rest of the world thinks. Like, you think about 
if you go to every other high school in like in like what are who are the the cool kids there who are the pop- popular kids there those are the kids that are based off of the standards of the world and those are the <laughs> those are, i mean those are the kids that are based off of the wrong things like that their identity is found in temporary earthly things not good god you know like not stuff that will last forever mm-hmm. anything to add johnny no i think i think you summed it up pretty good mm-hmm. okay well i went and searched online just talk just finding some like good what like a bible study might say um, but I found, uh, like the top three answers to what our identity in Christ is. And the number one was that, uh, you are forgiven. And it's like, um, a lot of people, when we sin, sometimes we just think like, oh, uh, we're, we're never forgiven. But it's like, we always need to remember that Christ forgave us when he died on the cross for us. And it said in Ephesians 1, 7 through 8, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace which you made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. And it's like, I just think it's so cool that no matter how bad a sin we make, God will always forgive us. Yeah, I think that's definitely, uh, yeah, our identity is forgiven. I mean, the verse, John 1, 2, Yeah, yeah, but John oh, 1, yeah, 12 yeah. even, it says, like, we're chosen too, like, Bethany said we're forgiven. What it says we're chosen. Like that's that's our true identity. Mm-hmm. Um. So the second thing it talked about is that uh, you are loved, and it's like that's so true because we are loved by God because He's called us His children, and like God wants to build that relationship with us. So I just think it's so cool. Where, um, but it's also kind of sad that so many people in the world today like they always think that no one loves me, but it's like. That's the time where I really wish they knew about the gospel because um, they would know that no matter what, God will always love you and he will, like, never forsake you. Um, And I wrote down that he is faithful. He will never stop loving us and that he showed his love when he laid down his life for us. And Psalms 36, 5 says, your unfailing love, O Lord, is is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. Yeah, I would say that's just... Just a beautiful thing. I mean, (coughs) 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 knowing that God loves you and knowing that he loves you more than anyone, he's willing to give up his only son, like that Jesus was at such a great love for us that he was willing to lay down his life for us. I mean, that's that's just the best love there is. Mm -hmm. And especially when we look at the fact that, you know, I, I forget the verse but um you know while we were still sinners christ died for us the fact that we were in direct opposition of god we were constantly in a uh dire- direction of opposition that we were constantly you know slapping god in the face and saying you are not the authority over my life but we were doing that we were enemies you know, of God, mm-hmm. and he still had that love to die for us, and I don't think anyone on the earth has that great of a love, and I think that's just beautiful. 
And yeah. that's just the beauty of the gospel, to think about that. Yeah, uh, it, it really is beautiful. So the last thing it said is that you are called. And I wrote down that we are called to like embrace our identity in Christ. And we're called to walk in love and righteousness. And I talk a lot about this um, on my other episodes. We always uh, like tap base on this every single time is talking about why should we ever be ashamed of our identity because we talked about there's a lot of times whether it happens at Lincoln Christian or other places that a lot of people will make fun of our identity in Christ and what we believe in but like we need to think about like why should we even care what they think of us like um, we need to stand firm in our faith and just uh, whatever they say just um, show them the love of Jesus and like um, not only did like God call us to embrace our identity in Christ, but he also called us to go and share the good news of the gospel with the whole world because uh, he said in Mark sixteen fifteen, um, before he went up into the heavens, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And um, I think, like, definitely we need to go out and share, but I definitely think there's so many people in this world who are just, they're just so afraid to go and um, tell the gospel to other people but we just really need to think of the fact that um, there's just people out there who really need to hear it and if we don't take that chance they might um, just never get the chance to hear it and then you think about how they die and then it's like they don't get that chance to go to heaven now we do yeah I mean I always like to use the analogy that you know you're on a lifeboat and Someone gave you, what is it? Is it a life preserver? A lifesaver? What's the, like, red dude? I love lifesavers. Um, oh, the, like, not a life vest, but, floaty. like. We'll just say toddler floaties for the analogy. <laughs> it's like, someone gave you toddler floaties, and, okay, you know you're not going to drown, but this boat is going down, right? Like, whole Titanic style. <clears throat> There's a bunch of people on here. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> Are you going to go around and, you know, tell people, oh, you know, hey, in this closet, there's a bunch of these floaties. They're going to save you. Or are you just going to be like, oh, okay, and jump off the Titanic and be like, sweet, I'm saved, you know? Like, it's about having that compassion for others. And I mean, I think God really gives that to you. And again, it's scary, you know? Oh, how are people going to think about me? But when you think from the perspective of eternity, whatever, you know, someone might get mad at you for a second. Someone might, you know, cuss you out or whatever. But I'm taking that chance could mean eternal life or death for someone. Mm -hmm. So I think you kind of have to have that courage. You have to have that compassion. So, yeah. So, um, we kind of touched base on this, but, um, what is the difference between just having an identity and then having an identity in Christ? And then like, how has having an identity in Christ changed your guys' life? Yeah. So something we just said a couple of times throughout, this is just freeing. And I mean, chains are falling off when you're finding your identity in Christ and not in yourself or your, like when you put your when you put your identity in earthly things, it's only going to lead to anger and resentment and things that, like, only bad things come from that. And, yeah. The way that's changed my life, personally, I mean, I'm not 
close to perfect by any means, but I, I mean, it's just, like I said a couple of times, it's just freeing. It's just, mm-hmm. it puts you in a place yeah. where you can just, you can act and be the way that we know we should be without, without anything holding us back, really. Like, that's what it comes down to, and that's, that's really big. Yeah, I think in my personal life, um, I'd definitely be along those same lines of um, just that that freedom that it grants you, um, just how you can't like or like how it allows you not to live in fear, and how embracing your identity in Christ um, allows you to live apart from fear. Um, you know, obviously not for the whole, and obviously I'm far from perfect or even probably good, I don't know, but I mean, just more and more, it allows you to live free from those mistakes, um, and just allows you to realize, you know, kind of how stupid some of that is. Just how dumb some of those decisions, those simple things you do are, um, and how just like when you do that, I mean you're basically something we talked about in Bible was that you're basically telling God you are not the direct authority in my life at this present moment while I'm committing this sin, mm-hmm. and I think it's just a way different way to look at it. And I don't know. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, uh, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and behold, a new life has begun. And I just think that verse is so cool because it talks about, um, I always think about, like, how a lot of pastors say, you know, we're just, like, a new creation. But, like, what do you think this verse is, like, trying to tell us? Sorry, I'm more of a visual learner. Sorry. Didn't comprehend much of what you just said. You said Mark sixteen fifteen. No, no, no. The, oh, sorry, sorry. Second Corinthians five seventeen. That yeah. I mean, yeah. Just like you said, pastors talk about new creation. I mean, that's exactly what it is. Just we're made new. We're alive. We're not. I mean, really, just not dead anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, back to the idea of identity, you are a new creation. That is your identity. I, that's just, I mean, period. I period. <laughs> What's the, oh, I, need to, I need to find the verse, but I don't know. It talks about um, the old has gone away, you know, the new has come. And I just love referring to that, but Ephesians four four when it talks about putting off the old and putting on the new I mean just constantly the battle of starving sin of um, mortification you know mortifying that sin and I think that's just great mm-hmm. thinking about sanctification just when you think of it as a you know two-part thing of putting off the new putting off the old putting on the new it's Ephesians four twenty two through twenty four. Yes. So you're you're close. Um, yeah. 
But I I know we talked about, like, how it's kind of hard to find your identity in Christ. And there's a lot of people in the world that, like, um, they obviously struggle with it. But um, sometimes they, like, kind of feel embarrassed that they don't find their identity in Christ. But I think something we kind of need to show them is that they don't need to be embarrassed because they're definitely not the only ones. And I did some searching, and um, I found that... um, you know, we read about these people in the Bible, like Moses and Paul, and all the great things that they did. But what they don't, what we don't realize is that they had struggles too. And uh, Moses, Paul, and Peter were three people that all struggled with finding their identity in Christ. And I feel like um, that could be helpful to the people who do struggle to know that, like, you know, these amazing people in the Bible that have done amazing things. It's like they were just like you at one point, where they're just struggling to find. The identity in Christ, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I agree. And even, uh, sorry, cramp. Um, and even don't drink energy drinks. I didn't drink an energy drink. That's anyways, all I cramped. anyways, go ahead. Uh, sorry. Uh, and that's even not like just you know oh, you know they were they were like that you know oh. Peter, you know, oh, he denied Jesus three times, and he was a a terrible person, but then he kind of got his life together, and then he, you know, was leader of the church. Like, we look at David at, you know, the height of his kingdom, you know, committing murder and adultery and covering it up and lying about it, and the fact that, you know, he was probably, like, a week before that, you know, he's a man after God's own heart. He's, like, king and he's taking down all the idols mm. you know he's um not being a prideful king all this stuff about how you know oh he's really good here and just like that's that's amazing and then how like how could he do then such as terrible thing i think it really shows the fact that we all we we, we just suck <laughs> we're sinners yeah. we we mess up time we and time suck. again we suck <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so the last question I want to ask is like, so kind of like in the end, we were all children of God. And I would just love if you guys can just, I mean, we kind of talked about how identity changed your life. But like, how does it, how do you guys feel to just know that God calls you his son or his child? Like, what is, how does that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the common theme for the podcast has been freeing and it's you're when we were you're part of that family like there's nothing else that you're working towards there's nothing else that you're hoping for like that's that's cream de crop as they say cb play like there's nothing else that we're we could possibly want you know it's too much french for me too much french for jonathan <laughs> it's just like that's yeah that's the most freeing thing and when you can realize that there's nothing else that really matters in the world and you can focus your entire life purely to living out that like you're in a good place mm-hmm. anything to add Johnny <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just <laughs> it's just like you talked about, just amazing knowing that you're loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that that love is amazing. Yeah. And the fact that 
he's he's never gonna leave you. He's never gonna forsake you. Um, people, you know, you hear stories about people, you know, their own family. They have, you know, moms or dads or brothers, sisters, whatever, you know, their best friend. The fact that they can do terrible stuff to them, they can abandon, abandon them, whatever. And the fact that we know that God will never do that, I think it's just very, I mean, like Truman talked about, freeing as we live our life. But it's also just very, I can't think of a word. We have a sense of security in Christ, a sense of home um, that we can't find anywhere Just, else. Yeah, that refuge that you can find. Yeah. You can always resort back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, we've had a very fun time on the podcast today. We, we went, broke the record. We went really deep. You guys did break the record of the longest podcast. Woo! Longest and I still haven't finished my Chipotle. Oh, I did. See. I'm so. Full. That means we get churros because we got the longest um, podcast. My For real? No. Oh, dang it! Podcast I was 42, 42? Oh, 42 minutes long. You guys beat that by uh, fifteen minutes. Yeah, fifteen just minutes. Wow, math. that's we great. We almost hit an hour. Wow. Yeah. Let's just talk about. Just, let's know, just some... keep it rolling for like three minutes. We'll, we'll <laughs> you you, you want to hit an that's hour? A, might as well. What, what questions do you have for us? Uh, um, yeah. I really don't know. I didn't write any other questions. I didn't think we would be going this long, but we did. Oh, I say we flipped the script. Where's the idea? Let's have some questions for Bethany. Quick oh. Uh, oh. Uh, Q- Q&A Bethany. with Betty time. Q&A Bethany. I'm going to create a jingle for that. What's the fastest you've run? Wait, how far do you run for a question and answer with, with Bethany? Bethany. Um, what's the fa- How far do you run for... How far do you run for the girls cross country? Uh, we both boys and girls run a five k. What's the fastest five k you run? I've ran a twenty five fifty, which is not that fast. Okay, but... so you have run a twenty five fifty. How long ago was that? Um, four weeks ago. Wow. Okay, so you have two more year, two more seasons mm-hmm. left of high school cross country. What is your five k time going to be as a senior? Um, I hope it's down in the 23s, 22s. Like, I won't be as fast as, like, Riley or Eva or Jocelyn, but I definitely think um, I'll improve and that I'll be definitely fighting for that varsity spot against Whitney because we both run almost similar times. You're going down, Whitney! <laughs> we both That's run right. similar times, and it, it kind of helps because we push each other definitely during Geneva. We ran with each other the whole time. We made sure and no then other you passed her. Passed us. Um, I was in first, and then she passed me in the last five seconds. What? Oh, I'm, I'm dang so it, sorry. Bethany. I, Gosh, I, she fumbled I, the bag. I'm, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> I mean, I fainted after that race, oh, so I wasn't feeling okay. too good, but just Word. running Okay, so let's awesome. say, let's make, we're, okay, this is going on record. Oh, this is on record. If you get a twenty two point zero zero, so twenty two flat. Twenty two flat. Okay. No milliseconds. That's it. We will <laughs> fill in the blank. No, no. Here's what we do. This is like this is like marketing schemes. Okay, oh, so. No. All right, listeners, if you guys want to know what we're going to do for Bethany when she gets a twenty two flat, you got to come back next week and listen to the next episode.
Yeah, and then and then you put out something on the new social media page that you're gonna start for this, and then I already have a social. Oh, media perfect! Yeah, you're and not then, following it? No, I am. I am. Trust you me. You don't. And have then, you don't have an Instagram. <laughs> I know. Am I following it? Um, I don't know. Boo, I can, Jonathan! <laughs> I can check while you're finishing your thing. Yeah. So, uh, yours was weak. Mine was so much better. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you are following Johnny. Yes. Booyah, Grandma. Yeah, so now put out something on there. It says, what are we going to do for you when you get to A poll. That's what I'm talking about. Or not even a poll. Like the open suggestion Instagram thing. Dude, do it. Oh, okay. We're going to be famous. I will do and that. And you just heard the whole thought process right here. And you picked the best one. Inside the dome, between the ears <laughs> of Truman. Middle name is also going to be on there. You have to guess what it is. It starts with an L. Paulson. Jonathan's also starts with an L. <coughs> no, it, oh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know my um, first middle name. Don't worry, I got you. Hey. I'm on, like, Saturn right well, now. Well, guys, you have hit an hour. We hit an hour. We have had a fun time on the podcast today. Um, Thank you so much for having us, Anything to there say any, when you... Is there an outro jingle? Let's get an outro We don't have an outro jingle. Oh, we should... Okay. That that. Well, we have one now. I mean, I say... Okay. All right. You know, go for Let's it. do a little Ed Sheeran. We'll write down our lyrics. What are we What are we thinking? What I, are the say, key points in you the know, lyrics? I, it has to be... It has to end something like kind of like goodbye. I mean, goodbye. I, some point in there, I feel like we should say goodbye. We, we should throw in like a lopes up. Yeah. Yeah. Lopes up, definitely. Um, All right. Let's just do lopes, lopes up goodbye. Get a good, hey, good little hey. harmonization going on. Is it Lopes Up Wednesday? No, it's just going to be Lopes Up Goodbye. Okay, Okay, ready? A five, six, seven, eight. Lopes Up Goodbye.